You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I was watching a show with one of my kids, a TV show. It was a cartoon, and they had the, the cartoon characters had gone to this old library where they had old computers and everything and and I was trying to tell my kid who's nine who has grown up in basically not not that much has changed in the last nine years so basically has grown up in this technological world her entire life and one of the things they showed on the on this cartoon was the the characters were mad because they had to dial up for the internet and it was taking so long and then they hit print on a document and it was like that screeching like one line at a time takes forever to print something I mean I imagine most people don't even have a printer anymore but i was trying to tell my kid like hey that is actually how it was it was like that when i was your age because i i was i'm 39 so like the internet didn't even the internet wasn't even really there when i was a kid it was when i was a young kid probably like about middle school was when you started to have aol be really prominent do you know what that is caitlin i do know what aol is i use a little bit but like there was like I remember dial up when I was really young and like my mom being on the phone and can't, you could use the internet, yes. like MSM messenger, but like having blocks of like computer time where now it's like, we just walk around with a computer in our hand, but like, I'm going to come home from school. I did my homework. Now I get an hour to go on the computer. Like what? Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, no, you're right. And that is not how it works uh, anymore. Like I just constantly find my kids on the iPad and I, I constantly want to just drop it in the garbage disposal. <laughs> in the sink um but i remember back to that time thinking when people would talk about the future of the internet would be that it's just always on that anything you open up your computer and it's connected and it's fast and you're or you'll have uh, a phone and it will just the internet will just always be on there will be no connecting to the internet and i was like how could that work how would that be possible <laughs> it'd be like if your phone was always on like i just like a like an actual physical phone not like an iPhone, but like if I just picked up the phone off a desk and picked it up and it was just connected to Tony and 
then sure enough, here we are. Like that's <laughs> what it is. What is your what is your earliest memory of the internet? What is what was a young Caitlin Sharkey doing online? Um, using like MSN Messenger to like talk to all the kids that, that I just talked to at school and like sending like the <laughs> or like setting my status as some cryptic BS like deep thought and i'm like 12. or something like very passive aggressive probably yeah yeah yep, like yep. that was a staple like, of that time some music like, lyric that you heard and the mix of like capital letters and sm- lowercase like oh this is so artsy and so cool making your myspace <laughs> top five or whatever that is mm. i like i see all the memes about like how the fact that we were like using internet code like html code at uh, mm-hmm. myspace like no idea what we were doing but that like i think of like myspace early facebook days those statuses now like cringe when they pop up in my memories. Oh, I'm, I'm like, sure. Like, <laughs> I, I'm. I hope all of that is dead and buried. I hope none of it oh, can ever be I, done. I, they pop up now, and I delete them. Like one, I literally <laughs> looked today randomly, and it was about like, I'm so glad LeBron got a, a ring, and D Wade got it. Like I was, I'm a huge D Wade fan. I always have been. And I'm like, of, uh, put, Marquette. So, yeah, yeah. I just I loved him since I was young, and. I just, but now that I'm like in sports, I'm always like, what was like 13 year old teenager <laughs> Caitlin saying about Dwayne Wade? Because God forbid, if I ever run into this man, I have like these thirsty Facebook statuses of a teenager. <laughs> so I like just go through and delete, delete, delete. Did, did you wonder if he, nice did, you, did you wonder if he'd be a coach? <laughs> I didn't ask him that yet. <laughs> Caitlin famously as a uh, 22 year old asked Kevin Durant if he wanted to get into coaching when he was like not even yet you know, in the I'm gonna laugh. career probably. when he's a coach one day Tony you will is... get the last laugh yeah, yeah, I maybe. will get the last laugh maybe I think those cryptic away messages on instant yeah. messenger that was like that was the original subtweet yeah that was like yeah. I want I want someone to see it. everyone's going to see it but there's oh, like oh, one you... person I want to see this Oh, you're moving from your top five? Ah, uh, there was a fight what every day at school. What is that? On, my, on MySpace, yeah. you, you oh, had a top five. That. If you were top five friends, that's how you know, like, oh, man, man, they broke up. Or, oh, man, I think they're, they're about to fight today because you removed them from the top five friends. Did you see that? It was the first stages of social media angst and social media uh, sub-tweeting or, or sub-information. And, and, the and fact it was that it still happens now is crazy. Yeah, right? Like yeah, it, it's, it's just in different different ways. You're like, oh, they doesn't follow her anymore, or they don't follow each other, or mm-hmm. hasn't liked a photo in three weeks. It's like, what are we doing? It's that's become a form of news in our business too, Caitlin. Yeah. Where it's like <laughs> Alan Robinson has taken down all of his yeah. pictures of himself wearing a Bears uniform, <laughs> or so and so has taken down all references of filling the of the Brooklyn Nets or whatever, mm-hmm. and and it's like. That is news. You have to treat that as though that was news. If Justin Fields did that tomorrow, you would have to report on it. Like it was as though it was real news because that is how these things are conveyed now. That is a form of getting your message across. Yeah. And sometimes um, I feel like it's just, they just do it to troll us. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. There's that. Too. I would. I yeah, would all I think, the time. I think I'd there's some like, of that too. I think sometimes it means something. Yeah. Sometimes it's screwing around Mm -hmm. and the third option is it did mean something, but now when I'm actually being asked about it in person, I'm getting a little sheepish and I'm going to pretend like it didn't mean anything. Oh, that was just uh, a Drake lyric. Didn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's always just a Drake lyric. Just a Drake lyric. 
that's that if i was a professional athlete i would definitely love to do that to make the mm-hmm. the 70 year old veteran beat writer ask me about this drink <laughs> lyric or why i unfollowed somebody make him repeat it back to you like yeah. the most obscure <laughs> what was the tweet uh uh tone i don't wants, know if i feel wants, comfortable saying it tone, uh. tone. <laughs> tone wants tone wants brad biggs reading back to him a Drake lyric that he posted on Twitter and asking him what he meant, if that meant it was a trade demand. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's something I'd want to witness. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. We got Caitlin Sharkey from WGN Chicago in yeah. co-hosting for Russ. Welcome back, Caitlin. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I had so much fun. You were a huge hit last time you came on a few weeks ago to play are you a real one? You were hilarious, and we got such good feedback from having you on. We it was like we had we got to get her back as soon as we can, and we had a need since Russ is out this week uh, to bring you in. And I hadn't told Tony until yesterday. I just kind of forgot. I guess I got a lot going on right now. Uh, my <laughs> life is busier when the Bears are not practicing than when they are. Because you could and have a life. <laughs> when I mentioned to Tony that we were going to have you on, his face immediately lit up. Ah. Thanks, Tony. I and Tone doesn't even way. know you. Mm-hmm. Tone's not, no, even, Tone's not even friends met. with you. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I, think, I think it's because, like, I don't go out to, like, practices anymore. And like, so, so I can't, I can't, you know, get to know the faces of, of the people that are on the beats anymore. So, like, when I see a, a, a fresh face to me um, mm-hmm. and they're entertaining and they're informative, it's like, yes, new blood in Chicago. We Let's go. It. We love it. I love it. And I love meeting. There's so many people in the Chicago sports scene. And I think it's just fun to like over the last couple of years, learn everybody's personalities and still meet, you know, new faces and stuff. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys having me on. What's been your take on me, Caitlin, as you've gotten to know the different Whew. personalities that come oh. to the Bears? I mean, at Let's first right I was like, it. You want me to be? You want me to be honest? Oh, absolutely! Oh, yes, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I, just, I can take it. I, I wasn't I hope, sure. I hope I can take it. I mean, I remember when I first like went into the well, my first Bears season was the pandemic, so I didn't meet anybody. It was just Zoom, and yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say anything on these Zoom calls. But then, like in person, <laughs> you just like it's such a like everyone kind of establishes their like okay, you're like okay, this guy's got this going on, and you're you're just understanding the dynamics. And Jason, I was like, I don't know if Jason's going to be nice or not. But like, once I got to know you, I, I, get that I was lot, like, he's quite nice. He's quite nice. <laughs> and, you, and you make me laugh. So, I mean, I just, there's such oh, a great dynamic in that room that we literally sit and listen to press conferences. The dynamics and the groups and like all the cubicles. It's, it's, it's so entertaining to me and I love it. I, it's like the side entertainment that we need to cover, you know, a three and 14 team. Like it is a funny year. room. I've wondered mm-hmm. sometimes, like, could you... Could you, and I've thought this uh, of the room I was in when I covered the Dolphins too a few years ago. Like, I wonder if you could make a The Office type show about (laughs) that environment. It totally could. There's so many personalities and just the TV and the radio and then the writers. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. we're all trying to live together in harmony. And we all like those little intricacies about all of us that just drive each other nuts. I can just tell. And it's so funny to me. And then you have the, like the PR staff and then it, it could be a total sitcom. I've gotten the reaction that you described so many times throughout my life. And I need to start like, you know, working <laughs> through that so that that's not the case because I like that people generally 
consider me to be a kind person. Mm -hmm. I don't like that it is always preceded by surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the part I need to work on. But that's hard. I mean, I've heard, I've heard that same thing about me, and I'm like, well, I, I just, I, I also too, I'm like, if you don't get to t- take the time to get to know somebody or you actual have a conversation with them, then you can't, you can't say what someone's like. And I am very like defensive when it comes to that kind of stuff. And people are like, oh, it's like, have you ever met me? Have you ever talked to me? So <laughs> don't take too much of it to heart, Jason. <laughs> I think my wife might kind of describe meeting me the same way that that you did, though. Like she might be like, kind of got a different impression at first, and then turned out to be like a, you know a really good, nice person. You're a sour patch kid, you know, sour and then you're sweet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe it's like, do you think you smile enough, Jason, throughout the day? Well, Definitely that's not that, that. No, no, and that's not like my natural. I don't think of myself as unhappy or grouchy or anything, but I'm not, I'm not a bubbly smiley person. I'm just, I'm probably more understated than that. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. What what are you thinking, Tone? You're, you're psychoanalyzing me. What are you thinking? (laughs) I mean, like, have you, have you tried just practicing? Just have you tried tried smiling? (laughs) Just maybe do a smile. See how it goes. Yeah, see, see, see how it goes. Maybe people think you, you know, you're more friendlier. If, wow, wow, Jason is just smiling randomly. He must be thinking about something pleasant. He see, he might be a pleasant person now. Now he he seems less intimidating to me. I mean, the people that actually know me, I think, generally find out what I'm like, and it's positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Caitlin got there eventually. Yeah. Or like Tony, Tony though has like this just like warm, smiley presence yes. about him where you're like, oh, I just want to be best friends with this man. I don't convey warmth probably, but yes, Tony conveys like <laughs> happy, friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just see Tony and you're like, I want to give him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's something, it's just, it's just natural, but you know, there's something also you can work on, Jason, if you, if you want to work on it, unless you like being an intimidating, hovering presence over the beat. I, no, I don't like that, but <laughs> I can't help it, probably. Uh, maybe I'll set an alarm on my phone, like a reminder, like every 30 smile. minutes. Just smile. Just a big smile. Yeah, you just yeah, turn yeah. around the room and just flash a smile at everybody. We're like, what are you doing? Yeah, what? Oh, it must be 1030. <laughs> it must be either the uh, the half hour or the hour. Yeah. Uh, our producer, Tony Gill, is presented by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our link for our listeners, and you will automatically get a 23% discount. Caitlin, you need to get on Sheets and Giggles. They, okay. That is high-quality, like, game-changing bedding. Top shelf. It is I'm awesome. All about it. it 100% right. eucalyptus. That's their main thing is eucalyptus. Ooh. And, like, I thought I was buying good bed sheets when I would go to Target and pick out like you know the hotel collection or whatever it's called. Like, oh, this looks like the more expensive sheets they sell at Target. Sandpaper, sandpaper. Not nothing compared to this, and wow. this is probably cheaper anyway. Like the hundred percent you especially with the discount tone. If you go to sheetsgiggles.com/sa, they got mattresses, they got duvets, all that other stuff. But the sheet set, the one hundred percent eucalyptus, mm-hmm. just regular sheet set, like their standard offering is. Those are the best sheets I've ever slept on. They're awesome. They make your bed more comfortable. Perfect. If you if you slept on a bed made out of a mattress made out of hay, it would still feel okay if you put sheets and giggles over top of it. 
love that. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, Caitlin. Get your 23% discount. Got it. Got it. Uh, Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer with our promo code Adjacent1000. Your first bet gets paid back up to $1,000 if you don't win. So you bet on a baseball game or whatever's going on, and if you win, great. If you don't, they'll pay you back in free future betting credits so you can try it again. Just use our promo code Adjacent1000. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Um we're going to have you – we're going to really put you to work right away, Caitlin, because your debut on our show – and this was unusual because I think everyone else we've had on for Are You a Real One has been a returning guest, someone that we've had on to actually co-host like you are today. Then they we've said, hey, can you come back for this nonsense that we do called Are You a Real One? That was actually your debut. Your debut was us judging you. For 15 minutes. Yeah, I realized that quickly there. as I, yeah, it was, you know. As a person, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to do, we're going to do that now. We're going to bring on Ken Davis, uh, who you guys have heard before co-hosting in here and uh, from NBC Sports Chicago and find out if Ken Davis is a real one. Ken Davis, welcome back, man. Uh, from uh, NBC Sports Chicago, the Dean Davis show. Where, where else can people find you, Ken? Um, that's it. Okay. I mean, that's, that's still a lot. <laughs> no, wait, not, wait, wait. It's not the Dean Davis show. It's that's Davis show since Dean I'm sorry. Uh, exited. I'm sorry. No, no, I don't. Please, Jason, I'll take I'm not that dude. Well, it was formerly the Dean Davis show, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I. it feels like, I think if you work for NBC Sports Chicago, it feels like you're everywhere because you're going to be on, like, you could go to any bar or restaurant in the area at any time, any day of the week. And you might see Ken Davis on a TV behind the bar. Yeah, that's the great part about it. Too bad they're angry like that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they didn't work that in. Even though, oh yeah, we're gonna run this one time a week, even though it comes on like four times. And they didn't tell me that to, before we negotiated the last time. Anyway, um, I want to ask you all this. I want to ask you. All, I want to ask you all this. Do you uh, do you want it to be light? Do you want it to be serious? Because I have several different real ones that I can go with. Um, but the, the lighter one allows us for your questions. It allows more banter um, for us to banty about and laugh and joke than to do something serious. But I just want to know which way you guys want to go with it. It's us. it's dealer's choice, Ken. We're gonna figure out if you're a real one. Uh, you you can choose however you want to take this. Tone, why don't you play the intro for him and we'll get started. Maybe this is, is a new segment. Maybe we bring somebody on and, and who is a real and five minutes of finding out. We're just investigating. Real one. Are you a real one? Are you a real one? Nick Saban, head coach of the Dolphins, and real one. I <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The segment where we find out about your innermost being. You know, people lie. You know, they could say that they're a real one, but the evidence could say the otherwise that they are not a real one. I sense real one traits here. So, are you a real one? Oh no, baby, you're not a real one. All right, Ken. Uh, Caitlin, her her debut on our show. See, you've been into co-host before, Ken. But Caitlin, her debut on our show was just a couple weeks ago to find out if she was a real one, and and she was confirmed, verified, real one. We decided. Yes. Okay. Thank right. you. Thankfully. Have, yes. So so that qualifies you, I think, Caitlin, to be on this panel with us. All right. Perfect. Um, I, I'm not. I've been determined not to be a real one, and it's more. I think. 
can, instead of like trying to make myself something that I'm not just trying to come to acceptance with the fact that I, I'm just not a real one. It's okay. You got to be who you got to be. Yeah. You sound like Russ. <laughs> That's what Russ says to me too. Um, so do you have some, do you have usually, you know, how we do this is, can you give us a, you know, an example, a little evidence of how you do consider yourself a real one. And then you got to be honest, Ken, you got to give us an example of maybe how you're not. And we're going to kind of weigh those things. All right. I, I think I'm a real one. Now this is back in the days. Um, I've never hated on another man if he was competition in a situation where I was trying to date someone. I would I would change the subject. Um, I would never piggyback on uh, uh, someone's uh, spouse slash uh, the father of their child when they may be going in. I would I wouldn't I I've never been that dude. If, if a guy was trying to come for a girl that I cared for, I wouldn't slander his name. I mean, to me, that's just not a part of the game if you really are playing the game in a proper fashion. So I feel in that manner that I was a real one when I was out in the world dating. That seems pretty real one to mm-hmm. me. It's like every, you know, that's like may the best man win. Ken, Ken yeah. can stand on his mm-hmm. own. If she's Listen, if you're going to go with him, you're going to go with him. But you're not going to go with him and say, Ken said this about you. Not that I, I cared as much because it, rarely was it with somebody that I knew the guy. I'm not, That's another thing I'm real about. I really don't like dating friends, exes. That's I've, that's mm. never really been. Mm. Like, some people lust for that. Some, no. people kinda, <laughs> some people like I've had guys. Look, I've had friends come to me and be like, yo, can I date her? I didn't want him to. But I was like, go ahead. I didn't do that to you, but if that's how you live in, go ahead and live in that fashion. You know what I'm saying? But I've actually stopped dating girls if I found out that back in the days they dated one of my close friends. And even if me and that friend wasn't close anymore, it made mm-hmm. me less interested in that that, that woman. Mm-hmm. I think that creates an interesting dynamic, but I think it's a good thing and it's a real thing to like be cognizant of it because I feel like a lot of men in my dating history are like, well, I don't care. Like, you, you didn't want her, I'll take her. It's like, what? I, I, don't. I have to point out a time I haven't been rich. Just crossed my mind, right? Okay. Now, this wasn't one of my... We were close at this point. A friend of mine's wanted to date a girl that I was with, and he was having problems with the girl he was dating. Um, that is my spouse now. <laughs> <laughs> You just snuck that in there. But it was tough. But see, this this wasn't one of my like we would talk like he wanted to swap. I wasn't like, let's swap. That wasn't the thing. And actually the friend, her friend pushed me towards and was like, you know what, you guys should really date or whatever. I initially was kind of like, nah, not really, because we were good friends. And sometimes I think we've all been in situations where you mess a friendship up with dating. It's just like, you know what? And we were better when we were friends than this little little bit of lust that we had, perhaps. And now our relationship isn't the same because we tried to do something that perhaps we shouldn't have done in the first place. But for the most part, and again, I, that was a different situation. But I have to be honest, Jason, you told me to point out <laughs> if I'm a real one or not. And I'm going to come here and I'm going to try to do my best to be honest. Um, but yeah, I feel like I have been solid. But Ken, Ken, that that huge, that completely undermines what you said. I disagree with you. You're like, I would never ever do this. This is one of my core principles in life: is I don't do this. Well, except one time, then I married one. Okay, except one time I made a life-altering decision with one. This now, listen. My caveat: I said one of my close friends. Right. Mm-hmm. This was not one of my closest friends. Okay. Um. All right. Like he, he, this was actually like a. This was kind of like a little brother who actually was, who actually did like some fake stuff. 
and it, it wasn't to me that he a little bit to me, but it was really another younger brother of ours where he went to co- to the same college to be with him, and he kind of like didn't hold him down and use his car, but. That has nothing to do with what I did. I'm not even using that as an, uh, an excuse for what I did. But we weren't close, and hey, it worked for me. So <laughs> <laughs> two kids in. I was we, about to say, I got a beautiful family. <laughs> hey, hey, look, hey, everybody got one. All right. The <laughs> level of the level of friendship matters. The level of friendship, or like friendship over acquaintance, and like yeah. if you fake things. That's just the universe saying you didn't deserve this person. You know, I, I, I'm with you, Ken. I'm with you. I'm with you, Caitlin. I'm not Caitlin with you. Back on this one. Ken, um, so one, the the deciding factor for Jason and, and what Russ would probably ask you. Are we doing this be, again? To be a real one. We have to. It's, this been, again. it's been the dividing line. It's It's been the deciding factor in some of these cases. So uh, if there was a situation where somebody, you know, said something disrespectful, or did something disrespectful to your to your old lady, to the missus, to your queen. All right. Mm-hmm. What is the reaction of Kenneth Davis? Before you oh. answer that, Ken, I want to remind you, you are a public figure with a successful <laughs> career. You are you are very you have a lot, you have a lot that you would want to protect. You're right. I appreciate it. And that your wife would want you to protect. You're, listen, I now, now answer. Now that your attorney um, has has talked to you for a thank second, you, thank you. I've talked I've talked to my legal. Um, listen, I it, I guess one it depends on the degree of what it was. If they were cross with her and it was words, I would want to talk to them about it. Um, if they put hands on her, I would have to react in a very. Um, I would have to react in the same manner. I would I would think. Um, I mean, you can't touch my family like that. What, what's the point of me being here? You know what I'm saying? If it's like, hey, do whatever, right? Like, <laughs> do whatever. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a crash. Over the wintertime, there was a huge crash in the house, right? Um, she wakes up to see me running out the door to the out of the bedroom, right? Now, I'm thinking that someone broke into the house, right? So I run downstairs. I look to where I, I, I notice a weakness would be. I see that it hasn't been open. I'm like, and then I look in the kitchen and we have a big pantry and one of the shelves linked over and everything fell off the pantry, right? On the top shelf of the pantry, right? No, maybe it was the middle shelf. So I go back upstairs and I get into bed and I'm like, Phew. and she's like, what happened? And I, I'm like, the pantry, it fell, but, and she's mad at me because she didn't, she was like, you didn't pick the stuff up. And she doesn't understand. I was going to die. I was leaving to give them a second <laughs> So they can get out the house. Like, dude, I broke downstairs to save you all. So I'm sorry. But the relief of I didn't have to give up my life so you three could get out of here. And that's like, I'm just like, that's, I mean, we. I think we all know, be it relationship, marriage or whatever. And it's one of those things about it being a man. You got to get yourself up. You know what I'm saying? So and mm-hmm. how would I, how, how I, ha- I have to do that. I signed the agreement basically that it was like, yo, you guys, it, at least at this point, I can't n- not do this for you. So that's what I'm saying to get back to the point of if someone had harmed her, I have to react um, in a fashion that wouldn't get me fired. <laughs> the disclaimer. Hey, the small big smile. <laughs> A big smile when he said, "Get me fired." Get I'm me just fired. saying, man. How much I, of a look, how much of a real one are you in parenting, Ken? I suspect very much so. Like, let's say 
let's say you've been telling your kid over and over and over and over, your nine-year-old will say, in my example, stop leaving your bike in the driveway. Stop leaving your bike in the driveway. Stop leaving. And every day she leaves the bike in the driveway. Do you, uh, do you maybe just run over the bike next time you pull out of the back, out of the garage? Or, or do you take the bike uh, and hide it somewhere and act like it was stolen? Like, how real do you get as far as trying to get these consequences across? I'm definitely taking the bike. I'm taking the phone. Um, I'm listening to everything. That, that is a, that's a pet peeve of mine. And I don't know if it's daughters um, because my daughter does not listen. It's like, yo, didn't we just tell you stop doing this? And it's just like, whatever. And it's like, yo, I just told you not to do this again. I'm taking it, Jason. I'm not, listen, and it's a funny thing when you said run it over. I'm so tempted, and I used to tell my son this too, not to make sure he's the perfect angel, but I, I would tell him like, why do you leave stuff on the floor that costs this much money? Because I would never leave items and electronics and stuff on the floor, mm-hmm. right? And I, all the time, and I, like for instance, so I, my, I keep my suits and stuff in his closet. So when I have to get to his closet, I have to step over stuff and I get I get angry because I could pull down one of his gaming systems. And my dad, when I was younger, wouldn't even notice it and would have pulled it down just walking by it and messed it up, perhaps. Right. But I'm I get, know I'm getting okay. to that point, Ken. I'm getting to the point where it's like <laughs> if I step on some of your stuff, I'm just stepping on it and I don't care. Yeah. And because you don't care. Uh, but I've never I haven't done it yet when I just intentionally stepped on it. But I've been tempted several times. But I haven't done that. But I listen, my son. It's funny you say that. So for, we're on, they're on break. They're about to start some stuff next week, right? He hasn't washed dishes. He's this is like the second day this week that he didn't wash dishes, and he's been home all damn day. And I was about to take everything from him, and I said, Kenneth, because I'm I'm quick, I'm quick, no gaming, I'm I'm quick with it, right? I said, just stop. You got to be here. I got to leave out. He's got to watch his sister. And she told me, she's like, you know, he's got to watch her. You got to. So I was like, all right, don't do any of that. But I was I was ready to take everything. It's like, dude, you home all day. There's one sharp knife and I just used it. All right. And this is like, dude, what what's going on in this situation? But I'm quick. I'm I'm the I'm the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. We were both oh, supposed to be the discipline. We were both supposed to be the disciplinarians, but someone bailed on that. That is never what happens. <laughs> That's never no, what happens. You got to fall into your roles. Good cop, bad cop, totally, you know, totally my, bailed my on kids that. know when I get home, it's martial law. Yeah. Right, it's a lot different right. than what they've been in all day. Yeah, so I'm I'm a real one when it comes to that. <laughs> you um, sound like yes. it. I, I like. I, I think I would describe your parenting style in that regard as like an FBI raid. <laughs> like I'm, coming, I'm taking everything. Yes, Let's yes. you got a, a, but, a team of guys, and you're like, go, 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 go. But um, I, it's an FBI raid, but it's also with a lot of information because I I talk to you, we go over it. Um, it's not it doesn't come out of nowhere. This is something that we've really talked about and discussed and I pointed out the reasons why perhaps you shouldn't do it. So it's just not like me having a knee jerk reaction. Um, it's like, yo, I'm just tired of talking to you about it. Ken, I have to ask, I'm not a parent, but I I always think about this and I hear these situations and these scenarios and I think like, what would I do? What kind of parent would I be? Would I be the disciplinarian? Would I not? What about parenting makes you think that like something that you like totally were like this is part of parenting like this is something that i had no idea i was signing up for like what comes to your mind when you're like oh god this is parenting this is real this now i am a real one you know what it's i don't think it's going to be what you think caitlin um so being a kid growing up on the east side southeast side my grandmother my grandmother was like my mom i grew up with my grandmother my father and my great aunt uh, my granddad 
And uh, my grandmother, who would work night shift, she was a, a RN, she was a nurse. So she would be up at the night. She would stay up when I was getting in the house at one or two in the morning or midnight when I was in high school and when I was in my formal years coming out of college. And I'd be like, Grant, I'd be like, you know, Grant, why are you up? And she'd be like, you know, I was waiting for you to get home, baby. And I'd be like, you don't have to worry about me. Like, I would tell her that. Like, I'm fine. You don't have to worry about me. I am so scared of this world <laughs> and my kids. It's ridiculous, right? To know that my son is 14 and he's going to get to the point where he's going to go out at night and one, drive or be driven with who Lord knows who and who Lord <laughs> who knows who. First of all, driving is so bad now. It is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's a subject for another day. Um, I didn't know that my attachment to them was going to have me so afraid of when they have to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing I didn't know. I didn't know that I was going to be, I'm going to be afraid to let them go um, and that's that it's I'm like, I haven't done it yet. I haven't had to do it yet. But that's one part about parenting. I did not know that this this person that I love so much has to grow and go into do their own thing. My, they allowed me to do my own thing. And I try to I try to raise them how I was raised. So that that would be my answer. That's cool. It was deep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean no, it. No, it's fine. Cool. We, we just it, we, we, we take that. sharp turns on this show. We go from a lot of screwing around to something very deep. It was great. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Um, I think we got enough here. I think we had enough to deliberate and find out if you're a real one, Ken, so we can let you go, bud. All right, guys. Have a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Good to meet you. All right. We got to deliberate. Ken Davis, is he a real one? I, I kind of think, Tone, like knowing Ken Davis before he came on, I had some bias in favor of him being a real one. I will say the main, I still feel like the main story he put forth as evidence <laughs> to support him being a real one, he then completely undercut. Like when, like when Caitlin and other people have come on, they've told us a story of how they're a real one, an example of mm-hmm. how they're not, and usually those are very separate things. Ken undermined exactly <laughs> what he said. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should let Caitlin decide because we both are like biased parties. This is our first time meeting Ken. So in terms of deciding, she has nothing this, to go on. Yeah, right. She has nothing to go on. No years of experience with Ken Davis. I think she will be the deciding factor, and we gotta just let that live. So no pressure, Caitlin. I appreciated no pressure. I appreciated his kind of mantra of like, I'm not gonna like bad talk any man. I'm not gonna try to like, if you want to be with that person, be with that person. I'm not gonna come in and swoop and steal you away. I do feel like it was an important distinction that it wasn't like a so-called friend of his that he kind of took his now wife from. I think it's, I don't know, the whole friend dynamic in dating and like friend groups is so interesting to me. But I think the fact that he was willing to put forth that information and then say that it wasn't so such a close friend, I think he's a real one. I don't think Ken... Plus his disciplinarian and like, I'm just picturing him running through the house with his kids and taking all of their belongings so that they pick their bike up on the driveway. I I love that. I love that. I love that energy. And like, I wouldn't mess with Ken. So I feel like he is a real one in my, in my opinion. Tone, I pictured like the feds, like what you see on movies, like in full uniform, walking out with like these cardboard bankers boxes of, of documents. But instead of documents, it's like the iPad and the Nintendo switch and a phone. Candy. You all this evidence. This is yeah. evidence. Of, you know, the taking all this back to HQ. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's got those old school boxes. Right. <laughs> all right. Can we, can we talk about something though? That he, this is not an in the. We, we'll get back to deciding if Ken is a real one or not with with our our esteemed panel here. But one thing that he brought up 
that you just touched on, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. I, I I have basically never been in what is the current modern dating world. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a nightmare. I, okay, so you have. <laughs> yeah, that's what I usually hear. And I, and I know that Tony had, had been for a while. Tony's now been uh-huh. married for a year. You've probably been, uh, what, like in that relationship for two years-ish, right, Tony? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but before that, you were, you know, early to mid-20s, that whole time of your life. You were on mm-hmm. the dating apps and all of that. And I just think, this is easy for me to say as someone that's been married a long time and not really had to try to navigate these waters. But every time I hear about some way overly complicated, uh, challenging dating situation, like, oh, well, this person used to date my friend or whatever. I always think, like, there's a lot of people out there. There is a lot of people out there. Like, does it have to be that? But it's, it, it's, like, whatever yeah. that extreme, uh, over-the-top, you know, unnecessary challenges, like, aren't, isn't there someone out there? Aren't there thousands of people out there that don't present that to you? That's what I thought when I moved to Chicago. Let me tell you, like, I, I was like, there's men everywhere. Like, I'm going to be set. <laughs> Did I end up dating a man from Chicago? No. Have I dated a man from Chicago while I've been in Chicago? No. So I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not dissing the men in Chicago. I'm just saying it's, it is funny how sometimes it works out and you're just like, you end up in these situations of like a friend of a friend. I feel like in the early years of dating, when I think about like the friend group and you're just like going on a casual date with someone or you're casually starting to see someone and you meet their friends and then you see another guy and you're like, I think I would have hit it off better with him. Then you're like back into a corner with this guy and you're like, no, this is terrible. Like the whole time you're just like, I can see that. Yeah. You're so you're like locked in with one and now you've kind of have had to X out like these other five options. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, am I understanding it right? I mean, it's not like, oh, I, I would have picked any of them, but it's just like. No, that's not what I mean. But like, but it has eliminated not just, yes. it has eliminated multiple options. Now. But some guys don't care. And some guys mm-hmm. are just like not Ken Davis. They're not real ones. They'll just swoop right in. Like they have no shame. Like you mm-hmm. could go out with their buddy 10 times and then they're like, do you want to go out with me? And you're like, what? <laughs> I'm moving in with your friend tomorrow. Like, what do you mean we're going out? Uh-huh. We're not going out tomorrow. <laughs> Like they just have no shame. It's like okay, it, 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 it does sound like some wild foreign world to me that I would oh. never understand. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna say Ken Davis, real one. Tone. Yes, Ken Davis, real one. Real one. Yeah. All right, Ken Davis, confirmed real one. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Can I take a bite of toast? Yes. Yes, you can, Tony. Go ahead. Tony has gotten in trouble multiple <laughs> times, usually with Russ, for eating during the show. He needs uh, some snacks. And he has not done it in a long time. I, I pre- Tony, Tony is in a tough situation where he kind of, in this environment, 
he works for me and Russ equally. And Russ and I give him contradicting <laughs> directions sometimes. Oh, wonderful. And this happens in parenting too. Uh, so like Tony does a bad, he does a bad thing. He slurps a milkshake loudly into the microphone during a segment. And I think it's funny. And Russ is livid. Like, <laughs> like, all, like whatever the step would be of actually considering t- firing Tony, a, a notch <laughs> below, one notch below that. And, and I'm just over here laughing. And so Tony has, uh, Tony has difficult waters to navigate. That's why he asked so carefully whether he could have a bite of toast. Could I have a bite of toast, please? Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound about right, Tone? Yeah, I mean, the times that we record is usually, you know, chew up time, you know? You understand me? You know? That's what Tony calls Yum, 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 choo, 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 you know? Yum, 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 yum. So, you know, the boy's <laughs> stomach be rumbling. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to eat breakfast. You know, most important meal of the day. It is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <clears throat> so we're recording pretty early here. So, I got toast. <laughs> mm-hmm. You going to do the rest of it? You feel me, all that? You kind of nah, got rolling. I figured you were going to just nah, keep going yeah, down nah, those tracks. Nah. Okay. Toast with mayo. Oh, in the morning? Oh, oh no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I, I, I don't like mayo, but mm-hmm, I, I can mm-hmm. understand it at least. I, I can't understand it in the morning. Oh, no. Not it's the same as toast. it's the same as butter. No, it's the same, oh, goodness. It's no, the same totally ingredients. No. Maybe no, even more a, breakfasty because it's got an egg in there. There. Oh, what do you... Oh. Do you put mayo on your sandwiches anyway? Well, I don't like mayo. Do you eat? Do you eat re- mayo? I don't really like mayo. What? <laughs> not, well, not everyone does, Tone. It's okay. That is crazy. What are we doing here? But there are some things that even even if I was to accept, even if I was to like mayo, there's no way I could eat it in the morning. There are things yeah. that I like to eat, Caitlin. That there's no way I, I could not eat a salad no. in the morning, no, no. matter what. I could not eat any kind of fish, I don't think, in the morning. No. And what? I like those things. I like those things fine, but I'm I'm not eating that in the morning. No, me neither. Unless I'm hungover or something and I just need whatever calories. <laughs> then I'll eat like food is food. Pizza. No, it no. is not, Tony. <clears throat> yes, if it's cooked and it's nice, it's it's getting eaten. What? It's getting eaten. Tone getting eaten. Tone, I would have a Caesar salad for Although sometimes they make that with mayonnaise, so it's got to be one that they make without mayonnaise. I would have a Caesar salad for lunch or dinner. But if I show up at the airport at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I got to walk past somebody that's eating a Caesar salad at 7 a.m. at the airport, I will throw up. Oh, that's too much. Come on. That's too much. But the time isn't relevant at airports, so all bets are off in the airport. Like, you could have a beer and a salad at 7 a.m. Like, who knows? Maybe your flight was canceled and you're there from the night before. So I feel like airports, you get a free pass. Probably everything tastes, everything is gross at the airport when you're there at 7 a.m. I guess maybe it doesn't matter what it is. There is no, there's no thing I'm in the mood for at 7 a.m. at the airport. Mm -hmm. All right, Caitlin, one thing we like to do when we have um, new or newer people on our show is uh, get to know them a little better, help the audience get to know them a little bit better. So we have some, Tony and I have some questions we want to ask you to help kind of, you know, get to know Caitlin Sharkey a little bit here for everyone that is is being introduced to you for the first time or maybe like maybe they know you from tv but this mm-hmm. is this is like the real caitlin sharky that's like <laughs> professional caitlin sharky doing what i gotta do you know mm-hmm. but this is like caitlin sharky letting it letting it fly all right deal all right so what what is a song that really gets you going for a workout 
Oh. You're, you're like dragging and you're like, I got to go for this three mile run. I got to whatever. You're like, all right, I know, I know what to go to. I know the thing that'll, that'll get me up for this. Oh man, there's so many. So I am obsessed with music. I listen to all kinds of music. There's always music playing in my head, in my AirPods or in my house. Working out, I would have to say Bombs Over Baghdad by Outkast. Mm. I like that. Mm. If I'm like need to like get pumped up to like go work out, that choice, would be choice. Mm-hmm. Choice. That would be Mm-hmm. Um, how much of a how much of a sports nerd do you consider yourself? You were talking about how much you liked Dwayne Wade as a kid because you grew up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Where, did you grow up near Milwaukee or in Milwaukee? Uh, about like an hour north of Milwaukee, middle okay. of the no, like middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, small okay. town. But you um, had TV at least, so you were watching. <laughs> yeah, we had electricity okay. and TV. Yeah, like for, I, like for example, if I was to give you, if I was to tell you, like how I am too much of a sports nerd. For one, if you check any time. Uh, my browser history, you're going to find like I've been looking at Sean Marion stats or or comparing <laughs> Lamar Jackson versus Michael Vick or something or like the other day, Tony and I were talking about uh, we were talking what draft was it? We were talking about Stanley Johnson. Who I don't yeah. even know if anyone listening to this would really know who that is. You because he was like a top ten pick out of Arizona one year, and Tony and I both thought he was going to be good. This is what this is. Tone, does this come up with you with your wife at all? Where like. You know, women always love to ask, like, what are you thinking about? And, like, sometimes what I'm thinking about is the 2015 draft and what happened to Stanley Johnson. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, she'll be, like, thinking about it. I'm like, Barry Bonds was dope. And then I get the sudden earth and look up Barry Bonds stats just to look at him because they just make me chuckle every time I see him. Yeah, like, that's how I know I'm a, I'm a sports nerd. I also see, used to, I- Caitlin, I also used to videotape the home run derby every year. Oh, I, see, I would record I, it on the VHS. Put the tape in, hit record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what, mm-hmm. yeah. I so when it comes to like sports nerd, like obviously I love sports, but I feel like my sports fandom started later in my life. Like I wasn't like super young. I played sports when I was super young, but like watching it on TV, like I can remember like the Packers like '96 Super Bowl win. Like that's my earliest like mm-hmm. okay over the like, Patriots, right? Yes, watching sports kind of thing, but like not nerding out. And now when I consume sports, like I love sports, obviously it's a huge part of my life, but I'm like not going to look up and see what Stanley Johnson is doing today. Unless I have to for a story. <laughs> like I, I like hearing about, and I love the people that are just like stat nerds or history buffs and like no trivia. Like it's crazy. Those people are just fun to be around. Cause you're like, what you pulled that name out of? And it happens at hell. It's all the time. Jason we will hear mm-hmm. like conversations will start. And I'm like, how does, who were they talking about? So I like appreciate it, but I don't think I can declare myself a sports nerd in terms of stats and obscure names that we never hear again. Did you have basketball cards when you were a kid or anything like that? Um, no, uh, no, not basketball cards. I just remember like watching, you know, and like going to Marquette games and just to see Dwayne Wade and um, having Donald Driver was my favorite Packer and like all of these the bobbleheads and stuff that I had. Um, that kind of fandom, but not. My first jersey was like a Robert Brooks jersey, which is just like it's just it was a random. Kind of evolution to where I'm at. Eighty-seven on the Packers. Eighty-eight, I think it was eighty-eight. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, No basketball cards or anything yet, but I was like always playing sports, and I wanted to be. I thought I was going to be like a professional athlete, and then professional basketball player. Yeah, here I am. 
I love Dwayne Wade, by the way, just as an offshoot of that. I have such an appreciation for him mm-hmm. as a player, and which started for me probably around when it did for you because I went to Tulane, and at that point they were in the same conference as Marquette, and Tulane was just awful, awful at basketball. Not surprising. They've never really been good at it. <laughs> but they played in Conference USA, which was a good conference at the time. It had like Memphis, Marquette, Cincinnati, um, I'm trying to think of Louisville, I think was in that conference at the time. And Tulane played in this just tiny, like high school sized gym, but all, and they were awful, but all these great players and other teams would come through. So I remember watching Dwayne Wade, just, I uh, just banking in mid range after mid range <laughs> jumper from the wing against them. And I just had such an appreciation for how, and, and I, I think I saw him in the final four that year in new Orleans and they make the final four that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up covering him 10 years later when I covered yeah. Heat. And what I've always appreciated about him, besides that he is excellent, is mm-hmm. he is a very interesting person. And he, in the same way, is very much an individual in how he plays. Dwayne Wade has established himself as like the number three shooting guard of all time and a Hall of Famer doing it his own way, doing it very differently than the way the game had been going. He was not a three-point shooter toward the end of his career. He was not an explosive-to-the-basket type player. He was doing it in mid-range when everyone was saying, "Mm, that's the least efficient shot you could take. That makes no sense. And, well, it did for him. I mean, he'd go out there and shoot 50% doing that and give you very efficient production. So I've always appreciated the way he goes into the Hall of Fame this year, actually. Yeah. And That's I, gonna be I think weird, it, man. it is, it's so weird. And I think, I mean, it came full circle for me. I covered his um, Jersey retirement at Marquette and I remember him like walking down the hall and I'm like, this is like, I'm like, now I'm like 13 year old me. who's like freaking out at the fact that I'm like in the presence of Dwayne Wade after all that, the athletes that I've covered in my career and just seeing him and that being able to cover that ceremony. Those are the times in my job where I'm like, okay, this was, this is a cool moment. Tone, there was one day when I was covering the Heat and they were in Oklahoma City and we were in the locker room before the game and it was Dwayne Wade's birthday. And so somehow this conversation came up with him and everybody else about age, just one of those informal conversations you have. And he was horrified, horrified to learn that I was younger than him. It, it, maybe you would have thought that if you just smile a little bit more. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. I'll keep that in mind, Tom. Make a note uh, of that. Write that down. <laughs> Kayla, I, I want to get, uh, I guess, a little bit uh, deeper for our audience to understand who the shark, the butcher, <laughs> Kayla Sharky is. Um, two questions, but of the same vein. What is your biggest disappointment in life, or what has been your Jeez. biggest disappointment in life? Jeez. And what has been your wow. biggest disappointment of your career? Oh my gosh. Um, I try to look at disappointments. Disappointment in a career for me has always been easy because there's so many jobs when you're at certain points in your life where you're like, I want this job so bad. I deserve this job. I want to be here. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And like when you're told no repeatedly, and I'm sure people will hear that and be like, what do you mean? She hasn't been told no. Like where she works at WGN, it's a great station. And she, there has been many times in my career I've been told no, or we don't, we're not interested or we don't want. Same here. 
And I think sometimes that gets lost in people seeing you kind of, you know, continue to climb the ladder and it's, it's disappointing and it rips your heart out because you just feel like, and I still deal with it. I'm like, wait, I wanted this opportunity. This is, I'm perfect for it. I deserve it. All of those things. And I think it's like how you handle it moving forward. You just get so used to saying no. And I think I apply that to the same disappointments in my personal life as well, because there are, you know, mistakes I have made and um, relationships that I've been in and out of that I look back and I'm like, okay, you can look at that as like a huge disappointment or it's just, you know, the universe saying, no, this isn't for you. Just like I look at um, the, the jobs and opportunities that I wanted that are not the same. So I can't get into too specific details, <laughs> but um, especially when it comes to my personal life, but I just feel like it's all lessons learned. And um, as I continue to go on this career path and, I mean, I think sometimes too, the caveat of it all is the disappointments you feel in your personal life sometimes are because you're succeeding in your professional life. And um, that's something that I've tried to work on balancing as I've gotten older, that like, you know, your job and your career is everything. It's great and that's wonderful, but um, the rest needs to come along with you. It can't be so tunnel tunnel vision. It is interesting because it always sounds like loser talk when you say this, but mm-hmm. there are so many times where something does not work out mm-hmm. and it is so good for you in the long run right. that that didn't work out. <laughs> there is it, 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 that not working out or that, or you being turned down for something or something failing or, uh, you know, whether that's in work or in relationships or whatever, mm-hmm. al- almost always opens the door for yep. something better. And not, not just in my life, but like in my friends' lives, I've seen that mm-hmm. where they've been devastated by something that, didn't work out for them with at work or uh, with a partner or whatever. And it, the great thing that later happens to them never would have happened without that. No. And it's, I mean, you have to look at it that way. Otherwise you will go to a place where you're like, nothing's working out. And, and then you take a step back and you're like, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. right." I want to know when you were talking about your career, uh, you started somewhere, you started in Wisconsin, somewhere really small, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Wa- Wausau, Wisconsin, okay. market 135. So okay. Most people listening to this probably don't know where that is. Like, like yeah. this is going out, you know, nationally or globally. They yeah, like Wausau, Wisconsin no, central Wisconsin, uh, about 90 minutes from Green Bay. So I would like still cover the Packers once a week. I'd go to the practices and stuff. But a lot of high school sports, a lot of MMJs. I started there. From Green Bay. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Because Green Bay yeah. is 90 minutes from anything that you'd want. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Like. It's middle of nowhere. It's, it, but it's Green Bay great... already is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then Wausau is even more middle of nowhere. But great city. Learned a lot. So Wausau, Green Bay, Milwaukee, Chicago has kind of been my – uh, trajectory and um, this will be my tenth NFL season, so wow. it's been a it's been a ride. Yeah, that is, that ride. is something people don't realize. I don't think I do because I'm in the media and I've had a lot of friends that have done jobs like yours. That you start you you almost always start nowhere. You don't mm-hmm. start at ESPN. You don't start in <laughs> Chicago or LA. You usually start. I have friends that have started in Montana and in the Dakotas. Mm-hmm. And I want to know when you were in Wausau, like. Give us one just absolutely small time assignment that you got, like a cat fashion show or something like that. Like, what is something that they sent you to cover and you're like, wow, all right, I guess I'm doing this. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is, I mean, obviously you cover a lot of high school sports and that like high school cross country when you're like literally standing on a trail shooting it, you're like, what am I doing? 
Um, but sturgeon spearing and like going out on the ice, like with some stranger in his pickup truck, who's like roll down the windows and you're like driving out there and you're like with my camera and you're like in these ice shanties and they're like trying to spear these ugly bottom feeding fish in some lake in central Wisconsin. And I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> this is where did I divert off the path here? Because last week I was with Aaron Rodgers in the locker room interviewing him about the NFC upcoming NFC championship game. Now I'm in this ice shanty with some guy I don't know <laughs> shooting video of the sturgeon. Like those are definitely the moments that you look back and you're like, and I would call my mom crying, like I'd be in like <laughs> middle of nowhere, like oh. shooting high school football. And there's like no street lights. It's just like cornfields and like a football field would pop up. And I'd get done and I'm like shooting the game and using like the car headlights to light my live shot because I'm by myself and I'd get done and I'd call my mom. You're making no money. I'm just crying. Like, I yeah. can't do this. Like, I can't do this, mom. She's like, yes, you can. Oh, my God. There were so you, many days. You were, of, probably, you were yeah. in the middle of nowhere, probably, yep. you know, covering these assignments that don't feel mm-hmm. like this is headed anywhere. And just a ballpark guess, because this is like what all of us are in in that situation, is you're probably making like. $30,000 a year max. Way less. Way less. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, where did, this is what I signed up for. Like, yeah. This is, but it makes you appreciate now uh, the, the journey yeah. for sure. You're, you're out there. What was it? What was it? You're spearing, spearing Sturgeon spearing. Sturgeon spearing. spearing. <laughs> I, I could see you sending it back. Look to it studio. up. Look it up. After this, Google what a sturgeon looks like. You'll be. This is Caitlin like, Sharkey, News Channel 5. <laughs> Questioning her career choices. (laughs) Yeah. Back to you, Where did it go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking Uh, of disasters, what, what, give us like one good dating app disaster. This is one of my fascinations with people that are in this arena, like Russ or my brother, because I've never really been part of that because I got married before that even was a thing. We knew some people, this was probably, we'd already been married for a couple of years, and we knew a couple that had, quote, met on the internet. And mm-hmm. this is probably like 2010. And I remember thinking, that's weird. And now I look at that, that you know, dating apps and everything mm-hmm. is like probably the most normal way you could go about it. So give, give us one just disaster. <sighs> Somebody, you know, showed up with like their, their, their pet toucan on their shoulder or something. <laughs> Well, okay. So I am not, I'll just full disclosure. I like, I hate dating apps and being, I I discovered this when I was working in Milwaukee in like 2018, 2019, being on TV and then like being on the dating apps is like, you start to wonder why people like, do they just want to go out because they watched me on TV that night? Mm. Like, are they like, what are kind of the intentionality behind all of this? I just like hate apps. I'm terrified of like meeting people on like blind dates so i've always been in the mindset i'm like i'm gonna meet someone like randomly or like we're gonna reach for the same apple at metro market and oh, okay all right that that's has You're it worked for out for me absolutely too. not it absolutely okay. has not worked out for me clearly um so i'm still you know shopping for apples but um <laughs> i just i i don't have any night thankfully i don't have any like nightmare stories because i'm just too afraid to like too afraid of like what happens what happens it's just too scary to me so i try to avoid it at all costs i'll download them for a day look and i'm like nope this isn't for me going back to metro market <laughs> yep. as suspected this is not for me and i just i don't like 
the small, I don't know, maybe it's just me and like the entire of dating at this point. Like it's just the small talk, the, and I know you need to do all of that, but it's just like, I don't, do I really care how your day went? <laughs> all right. Now I'm coming across like me, but like, no, Very... I just want to meet someone. <laughs> now you're coming just... across in a way that someone will later describe you as surprisingly nice. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to like meet someone, a friend of a friend or, you know, randomly. Yeah, I just, like in movies, I just feel, right. yeah, the apps are just not, not for me, but I know plenty of people that have found the loves of their lives on the app. So good for them. All right. Last thing I want to ask you. And this may be surprising to you. You might not have realized this about yourself until today, but your name comes up when you put it on IMDb from a movie. <laughs> you are listed, Caitlin Sharkey, as the voice of <laughs> News 5 anchor for the movie Punching and Stealing. <laughs> um, came out in 2020. This does yes. not appear to be a movie starring anyone that I've heard of or seen. Um, Except me. <laughs> not to downplay your your film success, it is described as in the in the streets off the strip of Las Vegas, which there, you've lost me already. A jaded <laughs> IT coordinator, like not the, not even in the interesting part of Vegas, and a jaded IT coordinator takes the law into his own hands. Okay, against white collar financial criminals by joining joining an underground <laughs> vigilante faction, only to find out. Those he loves may be his real enemy. He has to decide between revenge or a relationship with his new fiance, Jen, inspired by actual corporate fraud. Uh, why is it that you learned this morning by me texting you that you were in this movie? Okay, well, I forgot. I, it was 2020. It was a weird How time. How could someone forget they were in a movie? Well, I also thought I was um, Kiefer Sykes, who is a Chicago basketball player. I was also in his like documentary that's on Amazon, but that was like me reporting. So I was confused when you asked. Okay. I was like, wait, he's not talking about the Kiefer Sykes documentary. Okay, that's what is not he talking on IMDb, about? No. No. So when you when you sent it to me, I recognized a face on the movie, you know, cover or whatever. I am friends with a couple of filmmakers in LA. Um, we met randomly when they were doing like a Packer movie back, you know, five years ago. And I remember Ryan, one of the guys saying like, hey, can you voice this for our movie? And he like sent me a script and I just had to like read it and send it back. And that's how I ended up in the movie. So that's all I know about the filmmaking part of that. Okay. This is indelicate, but I just, I got to know, like, did you make money off this? Are, did you become rich from the success of I, punching and stealing? I didn't even see the movie. Look at your face, Alex. I'm guessing not many people did, but you would I, think the people that were in it would have seen it. They definitely saw it, and I hope that it worked out. Whatever. It was like a 10 second script that I had to read, and like using my news anchor voice. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. it, that was it, a this, premiere. Red carpet. I, I don't, it, was, it was a Look more low. Tone. That was a little low budget. Tone. It says Caitlin Sharkey, News Five. Yeah. They couldn't even put my my photos not voice. even on there. Yeah. Well, so. you need to do a few more movies, Caitlin, and then I'm up for it. I, I'm looking at the cast here. I'm looking at the list of characters, and there's like Jessica, Katie. There's a lot of roles. Angela. There's a lot of roles you could have auditioned for here. One. There's one character named Kitty Kitty Moofy. <laughs> M O O F Y. That's a. I'm not making this up. Okay. Right. The, the important uh, question: Do you get any uh, financial residuals? No. Mm -mm. Did you get any what? financial anything? They had to have paid you to read it. 
I don't remember. You need to get. You need to contact your Screen uh, Actors Guild rep. Definitely. <laughs> I wasn't. It was the pandemic. I was just like sitting at home, you know, drinking wine on a Tuesday at three o'clock, and they're like, "Hey, can you read this for our movie?" Sure, absolutely. That, okay, that's what describing sounds probably like how that movie was made. Yeah. <laughs> Punching and stealing. Good title. Yeah. yeah. So that's my claim to fame, right there. Caitlin, let's do the news. Busy week in the NBA. Uh, Brad Beal going to the Suns. So now they've got Durant, Beal, Booker. Is that a team that can knock off the Nuggets? Uh, I believe so. Yes, if they all stay healthy. I think this is what what number super team is this on for Kevin Durant that he's trying to go? Yeah. What are we on for KD here? I'm feeling like it's a short window though for mm-hmm. this. Yeah, like, they gotta better, take advantage of it quickly. Like next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I like it. I like Riley Bill. How about Draymond Tone? What do you think of uh, Draymond? <laughs> surprisingly to me, turning down that twenty eight million dollar option. Uh, it makes sense. He still feels like he can play, and uh, he's going for the 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 long money grab. If uh, if. I got to be sweating bullets because I'm making this nice $28 million my final year, but I don't have any long-term security. Now, let's work this out right now. I need the long-term contract, the long boy, before before we move on. Like, I, I get that. A lot of people, when they have, you know, decent enough seasons, right, they, they made it deep into the playoffs. And admittedly, they said they weren't really that good this year. So, um, considering how far they went, they probably still feel like they – kind of got a shot to win another one before their time is out. So uh, I get it. I understand it. If you have leverage and you still feel like you can play, you, people will turn down that. What's interesting, you look at the players that opt into that final year, right? The, the Russell Westbrooks and uh, the oh yeah Andre Drummonds. That, that's how you know that they don't have quite as much leverage <laughs> if they opt into that final year. I think that's what I would have done, though, if I was mm-hmm. Draymond. Yeah. I would have said, give me that. That's a good what's, number. What's he going to get? What's he yeah. going to Like three years, 45 or something? Nah, maybe not. Nah, more than that. Three years, 60? Yeah. Does he think he can get three years, 60? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, he get that. I mean, he might. Yeah, you say that, but it might be like with a team that he doesn't want to get. It might be with Houston or something. I mean. No, no. I mean, how how the average fan views Draymond Green, I think, is a lot different than what like NBA players view Draymond. He does a lot of still effective stuff. Uh, when he's not doing, you know, punching people in the face. Um, so uh, he's still very, very good at basketball, even though, you know, he's not a, sh- a shooter. He does all the other things very well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, especially for the Warriors, right? Like, to be honest, I love Steph Curry. I don't. They don't win without Draymond Green. And they know that. He knows that. And Draymond knows that. So he, he's worked more to them than, than any other team. Well, they don't win past tense without Draymond Green for sure. But mm-hmm. – I think they could win without Draymond Green future tense. You're not with me on that one. Some local news. Lake Barrington, Illinois. A man in Lake Barrington has been charged after shooting himself. A 62-year-old man called the police to his home in April after shooting himself in the leg because he said he had a dream that someone was breaking into his house. They were not. There was no evidence of any kind of break-in. The police said in a statement, when he fired, 
He shot himself and apparently woke up from the dream. Quote. Uh, the byproduct of this is that this man uh, has, is now facing two charges that were. That, this is why this was in the news. Again, even though this happened in April, this was this week. He was charged with two counts, two felony counts of uh, illegal possession of a firearm and reckless discharge of a firearm. All for a dream in which he thought someone was breaking into his house and he shot himself in the leg in self-defense. Too much melatonin. You know, you got to go easy on that. Your dreams be crazy. <laughs> NyQuil gives me crazy dreams. Yeah. NyQuil, melatonin. But like how was – I mean the gun must have been within arm's reach then. That's he's my a sleepwalker. It's like is this man sleeping intimately with his weapon? Yeah. He must have. To like to be still dream or come out of a dream, unless he got up and sleepwalked and like got it out of the. Uh, this man sleeps with his gun for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. It sounds like someone that shouldn't have one. Yes. yes. I mean, I would say woke up. <laughs> I'm asking a large percentage of the population had a weird dream and in the process shot your own self. <laughs> would be good cause for not having. Hopefully, one. no one else was in bed with him. That's a good thing, at least. I would always be afraid to have one because I feel like. Well, yes, it would protect you if someone broke into your house at night. Something like like you could you could not know what's going on. If you get woken yeah. up in the middle of the night, like you're not always clear on what's happening. Finally, Caitlin, a life-size velociraptor statue. This is feels like the kind of thing that that a young Caitlin Sharkey in Wausau, Wisconsin <laughs> would have been reporting on. A, a life-sized velociraptor statue was stolen from a public art display at a park in South Dakota. Mm. Cool thing to steal, I guess. I mean, like, yeah, very cool. Like, they don't sell those at Crate and Barrel. That's a nice conversation no. piece in your in your in your house. Uh, but it is hard to hide. Probably a difficult <laughs> thing to steal. A life size statue of a Velociraptor, and security footage showed three people walking off with it Friday night, <laughs> just after midnight. And from there, it was a pretty easy case for the Sioux Falls police to steal, I mean to solve. Uh, the three thieves took the raptor statue to a nearby apartment. And <laughs> let's hear from Sioux Falls Police Sergeant Aaron Benson on how they solved this one. And now, Tony Gill reads. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? Hello. Tony uh, Kill with glasses. Back yeah. in the building. What's up, Jason? You haven't asked me to come on in a while. I know. Why not, man? I thought, I thought we were cool. Caitlin, uh, you you haven't been through this experience. I forgot. No, you I'm ready. This is. So Tony Gill with glasses is is a different person than Tony Gill that you, you know. Oh. Ah, Caitlin. Nice, nice to meet you, Tony, Tony Gill with yeah. glasses. It's a very tired joke that he's been doing for two years. I don't know what you're talking about. There was somewhat Tony Gill told me there was something that needed to be read. I came back, came through. I'm here to do a job, right? You uh, pay me to do a job. I'm here to do a job. This is also like Caitlin, a toned down version of Tony Gill with glasses, because usually he comes in looking like he's high. Usually the glasses are very askew, and he's like talking uh, very kinda slowly. Still, still kind of like, hey, what's up, <laughs> fellas? Usually it's something like that. This is the scholar Tony Gill today. I gotta, I got I gotta come back. You haven't, you haven't invited me on in a while, so you know I'm just happy to be back on the show. Thank you, Jason. 
All right, you're welcome, Tony right. Gill with glasses. Tell us how they solved the mystery of the stolen Velociraptor statue in Sioux Falls. <clears throat> Here we go. Sioux Falls PD Sergeant Aaron Benson. I wonder if he's related to Olivia Benson. <laughs> on how his unit found the stolen dinosaur statue. Here we go. When opening the door, the detectives could clearly see the Velociraptor was sitting right inside. There you go. Open and shut. <laughs> Good. The dramatic that's, reading was spot on. <laughs> that's good. That's a good way to identify that clue, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's just like a scene from The Hangover where they like steal the cop car and they just like put a note on it, like couldn't find the meter. <laughs> right. Right. Twenty bucks. That's what it reminds me. Like people just like let's steal this Velociraptor. No one's gonna notice. Uh, there was no mean, damage. Though. No damage to the statue. That's good. Thankfully, that's good. and uh, local officials are looking into tighter security to protect the statue. That's the news. Mm. I feel updated. Yeah. <laughs> Sports Jason is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer with our promo code Adjacent1000. Your first bet gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,000 if you don't win. Uh, you can bet on everything over at BetMGM. You can bet Major League Baseball right now, but you can also bet futures. You can bet the next Super Bowl winner. Uh, next NBA Finals winner. Who's the favorite for the for the next NBA Finals? Is it it's Denver, right? Tone. Yeah, it's a nice. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Celtics are up there. Uh, but use promo code adjacent one thousand and you'll get our that special offer. Um, they will pay you back up to a thousand dollars in free future betting credits if your first bet doesn't win. Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Tony Gill, the goaded producer, the littest producer in the game, yep. is brought to you as always by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and check out their 100% eucalyptus sheets, especially the sheet set. They're just that's just their standard number one thing that they sell. It's incredibly comfortable, silky smooth, perfect in the summer. You don't get too hot. Uh, and if you use our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you'll get 23% off everything. Caitlin Sharkey from WGN Chicago. Thank you. You were a, you were a fantastic addition to the show today. Thank you guys for having me. A pleasure. Pleasure. Surprisingly nice, Caitlin Sharkey. <laughs> no, that's Jason Leisure. <laughs> Surprisingly nice. Put we'll that smile alarm on your phone. <laughs> I will. Yeah, a reminder. Every 20 minutes, just have it kind of buzz. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports with Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.